styling to stay or sell with Peony and Silk. Curate a space that will whisper, welcome home. As they walk through the door, peonyandsilk.com.au. Hi, this is Jackie from Peony and Silk Property Styling and you're listening to the Styling to Stay or Sell podcast. We talk all things property styling and interior design and today I'm joined by my very, very special guest, Jessica Dwyer, who has her own home staging business and also a interior shop down in Bega on the south coast. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. How have you been staying stylish this week, Jess? You're one of the most stylish um, people I know, by the way. So I'm. Oh, thanks, Jack. You know, like one thing that I always do to make myself feel better is to put on bright coloured lipstick. I and... knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a fan of bright lipstick. It just yeah. uh, changes the way you feel. Oh, I agree. You... I agree. Yeah. You need to check out Jessica's Instagram. For her home staging business, right at home staging, she does phenomenal work. And also check out the Hub Trader and get online, buy something if you're living in Australia. Both of those businesses keep me busy. But I've got you on today to talk about this sort of idea of Kmart hacks and the copied design sort of stuff that we're sort of seeing a little bit more in the retail sphere. So, and how do we navigate that as property stylists and how do you navigate that as a retailer who sells decor and home products? Because these guys are big organisations, you know, and they've got massive buying power and generally when these things hit the shelves in those shops, they're at particularly low price points, um, much lower than sort of those artisans who are selling stuff directly or even, you know, even furniture designers who design the stuff and then replicas or copies come out, which has been a really big issue with furniture. I mean, it's such a massive topic, Jess. Where should we start? Should we talk about (laughs) whether Kmart stuff or stuff from Target or Big W or Aldi is suitable for home stages to use in property styling? In my opinion, depending on where you are and what price point your property is, I would certainly say that Furniture purchased from these kind of places probably isn't the best choice for your inventory. I don't think it's ideal if you're in a property kind of over the $500,000 mark to be having things that are really obviously identifiably from these stores because I think the purpose of property styling for a house to sell is about creating an emotional attachment and one of those things is this idea of you're buying a property that is a level up from your current position, aspirational. And you know what, if you're looking in a house and it's full of Kmart or Target furniture or stuff that you saw on the weekly specials at Aldi, that's not going to be that aspirational because you're thinking, hmm. That's not the emotion that you want someone walking through your property to see. And also on the other side, it's probably not going to last for very long if you're in a property styling business because it's going to break and get down. Well, they're not designed to be like moved around every six weeks. No, absolutely. And that's they and, do have an expiration date. Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of the reasons why most property stylists that I know, you know, you're spending a lot of money on your inventory. It's one of the big yeah, because um, you want your inventory to, to last. Yeah, you want it to last. Yeah. yeah, and I think maybe if you're if you're going to style your house yourself, you're not going to hire a home stager. Then perhaps 
you know, you would go and purchase these items. Yeah, um, I think from, that's a I think that's a perfectly okay yeah, yeah. Thing, thing to do because some people don't want to put outlay that money. They don't see the value in it and one of the things they want to do is do it themselves. I would say yeah. maybe look into it's probably not as easy as you think it is. Maybe get some advice, pay for a consult for a stager and you can yeah. get some advice and they'll point you in the right direction because we've I've seen stuff being done quite badly, but you know, <laughs> but <laughs> But, I mean, that's certainly part of it. So people do want to buy the stuff. But I would always recommend don't buy anything you're not going to use at your new house. If that's something you want in your new house, go for it. Absolutely go for it. The checklist won't get them over the line. The emotional connection will. Create it with peonyandsilk.com.au. We were talking earlier, Jess, about the, um, the wishbone chairs that Aldi was selling. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know the legalities around how you. I think maybe they just must have replica Hans Vega wishbone chairs on the packaging. They have to because it's such an iconic yeah. design. How do they get away with selling that sort of stuff? Unless it was never patented to begin with, I, like oh, I, I imagine it was. But uh, it's like those Laguardia, you know, those knives that have that little B. Um, the cheese knives, and they have that little stainless steel B on on top of them. Yes, and you yes. see them everywhere now. So they actually never patented those. So that's why oh. you see so many of them in the market now because they've just been ripped off over and over again. Oh, so that's when such you're a buying, shame. yeah, you're probably not actually buying the original brand. No, oh, that's a shame, yeah. isn't it? I know a couple of years ago, Aldi withdrew a number of items that were got that were on sale because there was such an uproar within the design industry about them selling the that. copies, the the stools, the wooden stools mm-hmm. from Matt Matt Blatt or um, no, I think I know I, I know they were getting sold at Aldi and Aldi pulled them as well. So Matt Matt Blatt has always been. Um, someone that sells a lot of replica furniture. But they ripped it off an Australian. No, designer. they ripped it off an Australian designer. It, it, oh, I yeah. can't. I can't think of his name either. Um, I remember. Yeah. He's yeah. from Melbourne, but there was the the wooden stools. Now, basically, sort of two. It's like a was uh, sort of kind of like an hourglass kind of. Sh- um, Shape. Yeah, like a tree stump that yes. has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it was this particular design that was done. But it, it, I think the Design Institute of Australia might have um, taken a proceedings against him, against Audi, and those items got pulled. So, yeah. but it's surprising that it happens with some things and, and not so much with others. Yeah, maybe it's got something to do with how much money you've got behind you actually fight yeah. for your... Product. Well, in, yeah. Well, in that case, it was. I think it was an organisation that got behind behind the, yeah. the push. And it maybe just have been that kind of cancel culture with online with online complaints and the threat of boycotting. Mm. I'm not sure. I have to look into it. I, I didn't think about that before we started talking today. I should have had re- yeah. researched that further. But um, more personally, for you as a um, as someone who has a retail shop that sells homewares. Is that mass production of these big stores and the what, in my personal opinion, is often copying artisan designs or designs from smaller independent suppliers? How much of an issue is that for someone who owns a retail store? I expect it would have quite a big impact for you. It's a huge issue and it's really disheartening and it's actually kind of changed what we get into our shop. So we don't sell 
nearly as much furniture anymore because we just can't compete no. with the, um, these bigger companies that have the cheaper rip-off. It actually makes me quite cranky when I have just received an order from Albie, which I'm sure you know very well, Jackie. Yes. Yeah. An order from Albie will come in of beautiful side tables and lamps and then the next week I'll see very, very similar pieces in a chain store yeah. at like a quarter of the cost. So you just can't compete no, with it. And it, no. it, it is, and people will always shop around for um, that bargain because at the end of the day, if you were to put them both together, you can like very rarely tell which is which. Yeah. And there's, there's quite a few Instagram pages that pop up in my feed every now and again and they've actually got like five products from five different shops varying from like Kmart up to West Elm. Yeah. And it's basically the same product, just replicated at each shop, but it's got a minor tweak to it. To it, yeah. And I think the minor tweaking is how they get out of it legally. I know IP yeah. law is kind of a difficult terrain, but I think, you know, you only need to change one little element of it. But I mean, that's my understanding of IP law. I did study law for a little while, but I never got up to up to that topic. So it's not money. Yeah. But I, I think that's all they need to do. We're stylish on social media too. Peony and Silk. Follow us to see what's next. My heart breaks for the artisans, the people that make the stuff, and then mm-hmm. their designs get or, you know, their artwork gets stolen and, and then replicated by mass-produced places. I just yeah. – it's really difficult, I think, for those smaller artisans. And oh. it would be really disheartening to keep keep going on and creating these masterpieces when you probably know within six months you're going to see that piece being knocked off yeah, by exactly. somebody else. Exactly. And, like, yeah. and regardless of what they sort of put in place to stop it happening, it doesn't seem to work. And I know that yeah. they um, – people who have manufacturing overseas – Often that's one of the places where the copying sort of originates from. I I had a friend who was an artist and one of her artworks, she was watching Selling Houses Australia and then one of her artworks was being used by Shana Blaze in a a house and she was like, I've never sold her that print, like how how has this happened? What happened was a a big chain furniture shop, like not a massive one, but, you know, one of the mid-sized ones. I can't remember the name, which one it was. They had purchased the right to print the art, like they'd purchased the artwork and the right to print it off someone, but they had stolen it off her. So she actually got a really good outcome. She contacted the store directly like the management head office for the store explained the situation all those artworks got pulled from sale they came to an agreement between the two of them that was a shop that bought that artwork thinking they were buying it legally and correctly so they got scammed they they got scammed so i mean it's such a multi-level level field like it's just it's just crazy but um Yeah. yeah because the shops are dealing with it the artists are dealing with it the Big retailers, they're running the risk of if they're buying stuff that maybe they're not buying it off the right person. You know, generally in that artist sort of field, design field, artist field, the people doing the designing and the and the making or the creating don't have those big bucks behind them. So no. that they often just let it go. And just, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's devastating. Um, it's a, 
Yeah, it's a really cruel world. Yeah, and that even that, that's not even in bringing in the ethical issues of how these things are made in no. for these shops. Because my question is, if they if someone can sell something that is being made in Australia by a local company and it's being sold in shops for forty dollars, how can another shop have almost exactly the same product and be selling it for five? Like who? Who's not being paid? What's the conditions of the workplaces? How does that happen? Seeing the price tags on some products like at Kmart, I'm like, how do you even get a t-shirt for five dollars made? Like, and and that shirt comes from overseas. Like, I mean, you and I have just been to Bali, Jack, on a shopping tour, and we know how much money we had to invest in getting the products shipped Here. to Australia. Yeah. Like, I, it, blo- it blows my mind how cheaply products are put on our shelves. But then it's also creating this very disposable society where it just ends up in landfill within, yeah. like, six months. And it's really sad that we're doing that to our planet, you yeah. know? Do you think post-COVID-19 that that might change? That we, as so. a community, seen, yeah, we might be a little bit more aware of the stuff we're buying? Uh, I've seen a lot of Facebook um, groups being created about what is made in Australia and supporting those brands. It's mainly focused around food, yes. but it's actually a really good highlight that when the world stops like it has and stuff isn't getting shipped as much from China or wherever these products are coming from that we do have to look locally and I think it's a really good wake-up call. Yeah, agree, agree. And I I saw another post and it was saying saying that um, the people you support now is the world that we're going to have after COVID's finished, if you are only buying your things, I mean, it was an American one. I know Amazon is in Australia, but it's not as big as what it is in the States. And Mm. it was the person posting said, if you're buying all your stuff from Amazon now, that's all that's going to exist after this. Support your smaller workers, support your smaller businesses in your your community, because that's Mm. who you support now is who's going to be around when it's all done. I know, and I feel like at, uh, like with the shop, I felt like a broken record because, I mean, last year, um, obviously, we had a massive drought in Australia and yeah. that really impacts us in when we're living in a dairy farming area. So drought last year combined with winter was really bad for sales and then coming into the bushfires oh. where we like everything just stopped I just felt like a broken record saying guys you need to keep supporting these yeah, small businesses yeah. in all these little towns because we, we're not going to be here in five years no. if you don't keep start supporting us you know yeah yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's really important. I've been trying really hard to to do that. Whether it be buying um, takeaway from a restaurant, a local restaurant that's no no longer been able to operate, yeah. you know. And I think I think this is going to be a time where those big shops. I mean, people shouldn't be shopping in those big shops now anyway. Maybe this is a time where people can search for smaller independent suppliers online. Or even just, you know, buy something from an artist on Etsy or, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a really funny time and, um, like, I could talk for hours about it because I live, like, I live and breathe it every day yeah. with the shop. Yeah, um, And yeah. I see things, I see locals posting um, Instagram stories about their new chairs, wishbone chairs from Aldi. And I'm like, why would you have not come and supported us? We actually can sell you the same chairs and they're a lot better quality. They're probably going to cost you more, but you will have them 10 times longer. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. 
Anyway, don't get me started, Jack. Oh, I know. We could talk for ages. Hey, Jess. Yeah. I missed your face, lovely lady. I miss you too. <laughs> I'll see you after all of this COVID things finished. Stay safe, yeah, lovely. Oh, I, I will. Thanks, Jack. Stay safe. Stay stylish. Henny and Silk. We love your style. Thanks for listening. Got any stylish questions for us or want to showcase your own style? peonyandsilk.com.au